remain standing for the reading of God's word. Amen. This year of 2019, as we have said throughout this month, is the year in which we have declared that we are walking by faith and not by sight. We are leaning on God and not our own ability, not what we can see or what we could feel. The first series of this year is simply entitled Acts of Faith. We prepared a wonderful bookmark for you. If you did not get one, then please see the ushers. We want you to take it with you because we have outlined four acts of faith that the Lord wants us to incorporate in our lives in this year of 2019. God says that if we are going to receive what God has for us, then we have to set ourselves aside and do not be driven by our own emotions, but walk by faith. Amen. Look at somebody and say, walking by faith. Amen. This is the fourth and the final message in this first series of 2019. The text this morning is found in the gospel that has been recorded by St. Matthew. Chapter 14, verses 27 through 29, reading from the NIV translation. Here is the reading of God's holy word. Verse 27 says, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage. It is I. Don't be afraid. Verse 28, Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, Jesus said, Come, come. Look at somebody and say, Come. Then Peter got down out of the boat. I'm going to say that again just to get on the devil's nerve. Peter got down. Look at somebody and say, Got down out of the boat. One more time, got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. <laughs> and the church that loves God's word said amen. 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 Do me a favor, quickly reach over and catch someone by the hand. This is the fourth message in this series that is entitled Acts of Faith in the year that has been declared to be a year in which we walk by faith. Three short words. All of these messages were like three words or less. Very short for you to remember. Three short words. Shake those hands, squeeze those hands, encourage somebody, look at somebody, give them a pep talk, Holy Ghost smile, shower them with the presence of your love. Somebody said, well, you don't know who I'm sitting by. I know whose presence you're in. Amen. 
Amen. Look at somebody and say, leave the boat. That's the message for today. Leave the boat. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Leave the boat. Y'all help me out now. Look at somebody and say, if you want to walk on the water, you have to be willing to leave the boat. Amen. The last time I checked, you can't walk on water terrified in the boat. Amen. Listen, for the past three weeks, we have said that as we as people of faith walk by faith, we must be willing to put our faith into action by doing things, and listen, this is so important, by doing things that are not so easy or things that are not always enjoyable. If you're going to be a faith walker, it's not going to be an easy walk. It's not going to be you being blessed and highly favored and, and, and just jumping up and praising God for blessings all the time and nothing bad or challenging happens in your life. A faith walk is a challenging walk. Can I preach to some folk? And so we must be willing to do some things that are not always easy. We must be willing to take some things that others do not take. These things that we have referred to since the first Sunday of this month are called acts of faith, in which our faith is put into action. Let me review some of the things that we've talked about. Things such as somebody shout, letting go. To, to, to let go past hurts and disappointments. You can't go forward looking backwards. And so if you're going to enjoy the current and the future blessings of the Lord, you must let go some things as you go forward to where God wants you to go. Things such as standing still in the midst of a crisis, when your back is against the wall and the enemies are coming at you from every angle you could see, you must be willing to trust God and stand still, <laughs> trusting that God will work things out on your behalf. You've got to have a Romans 8, 28 testimony. And we know whew, that all things work together for good. And any, anybody got a testimony that it may not look like it, but you still know God is working things out on your behalf. Encourage somebody and say, stand still. Stand still. Third thing that we talked about, preached on, taught on last week. Things such as trusting the Lord's instructions for our life. 
the instructions that challenge us to get up, quit the pity party, stop always feeling sorry for yourself. I know you've been in this shape for a long time. God says if we are going to enjoy where God wants to take us and what God has for us, we have to get up. Can somebody say get up? Get up from what has been, what is, what may be right now helpless situations, depressing situations, things that have depressed your spirit. You, you feel like Jeremiah in Jeremiah 20 when you feel like giving up. Feel like I can't take this anymore. God says you've got to get up. Sometimes you have to even encourage yourself. Ooh, who am I preaching to? Because I, you know what I've declared to the Lord in 2019? Not only am I not having any more pity parties in my life, I am not going to anybody else's pity party. Can I preach to you? I need you to encourage somebody and say, don't you invite me to any more pity parties in 2019. I am not going to any more. I, I know you're going through something, but guess what? We all are going through something. You're not the only one that's having a hard time. You're not the only one that wakes up with pain in your body. You're not the only one who's trying to make your finances work. Just give God the glory and say, and we know that all things will work together for our good. God challenged us Ooh, last week to get up, stop feeling sorry for ourselves and know that God's going to work it out. And I don't care how long it takes. It took the man last week 38 long years in order to get his blessing from the Lord, but it eventually came. I don't know how long you have to wait, but I know this, they that wait upon God. God will renew your strength. You will mount up with wings as of eagles. You will run, not get weary. You will walk and not faint. How many of you are going to wait until God shows up? And so these all are acts of faith that we must implement in our lives if we're going to be blessed in this year of 2019 and even beyond this year. But the fourth one and the final one for this month, <laughs> there are many more than four. I just outlined to four of them. The fourth and the final act of faith that we would like to discuss in this series as we close this series out involves the faith to obey God's instructions once again and to do what others, listen to this, what other folk are too fearful or have absolutely no desire to do. <laughs> There's some folk around you that are too afraid, too afraid to step out on faith and trust that God can work things out. Amen. 
And just because you've been hanging around folk for a long time, doesn't mean you need to stay with them all the ways. There, there are folk that have no desire to trust God by faith. And so in message number one, we dealt with those, those emotions that we were holding in and we said, let it go. Message number two, we were dealing with a crisis situation. Our backs were against the wall and we said, stand still. Message number three, we challenged pity parties and said, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Get up. And now in this fourth message, we say, stand up to the demon of fear. Take a stand against that which you may have been afraid of and be willing to travel into uncharted territory not knowing how you're going to we are conquering the enemy of fear and say it's time to leave the boat amen somebody listen to the text in this text which is perhaps one of the greatest examples in the bible of this kind of faith the faith that is necessary to conquer fear and to do things that others would never even think or imagine that they could do. The text occurs at a unique time in the ministry of Jesus and the disciples. May I have the homiletical liberty just to share a few key observations about the context of the text. About what is surrounding the text. Uh, in this chapter, it begins with what appeared to be a very depressing thing. John the Baptist is beheaded and his head is served on a platter because of a wicked leader uh, who yield uh, to the lustly fleshless desires of a temperatist or somebody who tried to seduce them and wanted John the Baptist's head. Be careful who you hang around there's some folk that are in your face but really want your head everybody doesn't want you to be blessed everybody don't want you to, to, to receive the blessings that God has for you so this chapter begins with a somber experience in which the head of John the Baptist is served on a platter. Jesus knew that it was an interesting time and, and, and he had to be careful because he would lose the faith of his followers. And so the Lord in his infinite wisdom set up the second event in this chapter. First was uh, the sad occasion of the beheading of John the Baptist. Now, the second event uh, was a high water mark in the ministry of Jesus and his disciples. Uh, it was something in which had never been done before. Multitudes of people had followed Jesus. And they had taken a boat to a, what they thought was a remote place. But the multitude followed him even on foot there. And the Bible says it was getting late and the people were hungry. And the apostles said to Jesus, let us send them away so that they can get some food. And Jesus said, that is not necessary. 
feed them with what you have. But they looked at their resources. I'm going somewhere. Because to the naked eye, it may look as if you don't have enough to meet your obligations. But how many of you know God is a multiplier? Am I in the right church? Is there anybody in here that God has taken your little bit and given you enough to do whatever you needed to do? And there are folk with a lot more than you have, and they're not as blessed as you. God will multiply the little you have, and God knows how to make little much. So the apostles said to Jesus, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. You know the story. And at this time, there were 5,000 men alone not including women and children. Perhaps when you look at that, there were perhaps 15,000 or more people there that needed to be fed. How can you feed 15,000 people with two fish and five loaves of bread? <laughs> look at somebody and say, but God. Folk look at you and they wonder how your mama was able to make it, raising all the children she did. How did grandmama ever make it? All those children they did. and just Sometimes my, my mother tells me the story of 12 kids and I look around and say, how in the world did you all make it? Two bedrooms, 12 kids, an outhouse, a slop jar. Y'all know anything about that. I'm just, I'm just telling my age. Now these young folk go, what in the world is a slop jar? How many of you have been around country folk? You know what that is when it's too cold to go outdoors to the bathroom oh yeah yeah y'all don't look so dignified I know yeah. but God how did Madison and Sally Lumpkin raise all those children but God God is a multiplier God can take a little paycheck and stretch it see they weren't too proud to eat fat back and chicken necks and chicken feet and, 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 and take the bread and put the grease on the bread and know how to stretch it. Y'all don't know anything about that. And then they weren't too proud to make jelly cakes. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. See, see my, I used to wonder all the time why grandmama had so many jelly cakes and then I figured out it was cheaper to make the jelly cake you make the cakes and you just spread the jelly on it you didn't have to worry about buying chocolate and coconut and all of that but God anybody want to help me give God a praise for taking two fish and five loaves and raising you and look how you turned out you some of us are better off than folk with all of that stuff. In fact, I believe that God blessed us because we ate food that they raised. And the greens came from the backyard, not Bilo. And the vegetables came from the garden, not a can full of sodium and salt. I don't know why God wants me to preach this like this. But I just need a handful of you that God has brought from a mighty long ways. I'm going to move on. 
but I just need you to jump one time and say, but God. So here's the text. Here's the text. Turn two fish and five loaves of bread and fed the multitude. But then Jesus realized something. I need to change the scenery because these disciples <laughs> may think it's going to be like this always. And because they did that, they may get full of themselves and say, Lord, look what we did. Because in fact, just because they passed the food out doesn't mean they were responsible for getting it. There's some folk who think just because God used them to bless you that it came from them. Amen. Can I preach this? So Jesus says, let, let, let me change the scenery again. So here's where verse number 22 comes in. Verse 22, for some reason in every translation, there's a deviation of this word. And Jesus made them get in the boat. One translation says, and he insisted that they get in the boat. Why did he have to make them get in the boat? When you got 15,000 people cheering your name and happy because you just gave them a free fish sandwich, then you may think that you all of that. If you got folk, you could be walking around with a big head and say, Lord, look, people love us. We're giving away free food. We can do anything. And Jesus said, let me change the scenery because if I don't watch it, y'all going to try to create your own church. <laughs> Preach, Pastor Jackson. Ain't nothing worse than a Sunday school teacher with a little bit of anointing that think they can be the next Bishop T.D. Jakes. Amen. <laughs> Preach, Pastor Jackson. And so the Lord says, let me show you how inadequate you really are. May I preach this? That's why I told him this morning, give me time to preach this. Amen. So the text says he made them get in the boat and go to the other side. And while they were in the boat, verse 23 says, Jesus went himself up on the mountain to pray, to get away, to recharge his batteries. But something happened. From the moment they left on the boat and before the sun would rise in the morning, they encountered a storm. Whew. I told you Jesus wanted to change the scenery. He wanted them to know that life is not going to be all about free food. Life is not going to be about you breaking some loaves and dividing some fish and everybody singing your praise. On your way to the other side, you're going to have some storms in your life. Who am I preaching to? There are a whole lot of folk who can live on the mountaintop, but they can't survive the storms. Anybody can live when the going is good, but what about when the scene changed and things are not going the way you had hoped they would go and a storm comes out of nowhere? 
Jesus said, get in the boat, go to the other side. And as they were going, don't miss this. As they were going, they encountered a storm. And here's what verse 24 says. It was a serious storm. And I want to quote the words in verse 24. It says, because the wind was against it. The wind was going against the boat. Now, let me help you out. These were sailboats. They didn't have engines. They were totally dependent on the wind blowing in the sail. That's where you get the expression, the wind behind my back. Because when the wind is behind your back, you can smoothly sail. Preach, Pastor Jackson. But Jesus said, I need to teach you something, that there will be times in your life when that which is supposed to push you is against you. What do you do when the energy you expect to thrust you forward is pushing you down? The wind that was supposed to be behind them is now against them. Anybody can praise God when the wind is at your back. But when the wind is in your face, going to and fro, knocking you down, messing you up, not knowing how you're going to survive, can you still give God the glory? Can you still give God the praise? Don't fool me now. But is there anybody in here that's ever had to praise God in the midst of a storm when the wind was all up in your face? trying to hold you down but you can still declare but God win against you that you thought would carry you forward is holding you back people you thought would have your back are now stabbing you in the back folk you thought would push you forward it's now holding you down. Right. When the wind is against you, when folk promise to love you, but turn their backs on you, right. when the enemy gets in their mind for no reason at all, they get contrary to the will of God in your life. There's some folk in our life that will flip on you. Yeah. Yeah. Am I preaching in the right place? Everybody that's for you today may not be with you tomorrow. Everybody that's kissing up on you, loving up on you today may not be your friend tomorrow. Sometimes that which has pushed you forward begins to hold you down. But God, but God, here's the good news. We're then told in the text. Can I take my time and preach this? That Jesus came to their rescue, but he did not come right away. He did not come immediately. Uh, the text says it was just before dawn. There are a couple of translations. One said three o'clock in the morning. Another one of the translations say four o'clock in the morning. We don't know the exact time, but we do know it was somewhere between when the sun set and the sun rose again. But during that time, they were battling a storm. 
Jesus took his time. He could have showed up right away. But every now and then, the Lord wants us to experience some opposition. Because if you never went through anything, you don't know what God can do. Is there anybody in here so glad that you had some opposition? So some, some, sometimes you ought to be delighted and elated when folk come against you because it builds up your strength. It, it, it gives you the perseverance to go on. It gives you an opportunity to pray more. If folk had knocked you down, you wouldn't have fell on your knees. But thank God for trouble. Here's what Joseph said. What you meant for evil, God meant it for my good. I just need to know if there are about 150 folk in here that know how to praise God because the wind is in your face. Look at your neighbor says in my face. It's in my face. In my face. I had a rough week last week. Somebody, somebody, I'm talking about somebody's experiences in my face. It, uh, th this has not been an easy time for me, but that's all right. God allowed me to go through it for a while because God wanted me to experience how it feels when the wind that is supposed to be behind us is in our face. Whew. But he eventually showed up. <laughs> he may not come when you want him, but he's always whoo, on time. Tell somebody he eventually showed up. Now, Jesus had the prerogative. Jesus had the ability. Uh, Jesus had the capacity. Jesus had the strength to use whatever method he wanted to to show up. In fact, he didn't even have to show up. He could have from the shoreline stopped the wind and said, let there be smooth sailing. But Jesus says, I need to teach them another lesson. Lesson number one is what do you do when the wind is in your face? Lesson number two is do you have the faith to step out in trouble knowing that God will make a way? Here it is. Jesus shows up walking on the water it was cloudy it was hazy it the sun had not uh, appeared yet and so they could see an image they can see a silhouette uh, but they could not quite figure out who it was Whew. and the bible says in verse 26 they were terrified thinking they were seeing a ghost Ah, it, it, it was a ghost but it was the Holy Ghost all wrapped up in Jesus that they had not yet been exposed to preach Pastor Jackson and so here Jesus shows up and notice he did not show up and jump on the boat right away with them he stays his distance because he says I need to teach you another lesson what do you do when the voice is familiar but you can't recognize the face I feel like preaching sometimes the Lord says I don't show up so you can see me I show up so you can hear me somebody see where I'm going that's why you need some word in you 
That's why you need more than a days of our lives and more than a sitcom in you. That's why you need more than just playing on your iPad and your iPhone on you. That's why you've got to have some word in you because you've got to at least recognize his voice. So he shows up and he says to them in verse 27, take courage. And he says, this is I, it is I. Don't you be afraid. One translation that I like says, don't be afraid, I am here. <laughs> Jesus, when, when the Lord is here, you don't need to be afraid, right? However, they were still not quite sure it was him because they heard a voice, but they could not see his face. How many, what do you do when you're not sure if the Lord has shown up or not? But you know what the word said. You, you've got to trust him at his word. And here is what separates Peter in the next 10 minutes of this message. Here is what separates Peter from everybody else. Now, there were 12 men on the boat, at least 12, not counting the others that may have gone along with the disciples. All of them were in a storm, preached Pastor Jackson. All of them had the wind against them. And in their faith, am I right about it? All of them were on the same boat that was in trouble. All of them heard the voice of Jesus. Ooh, I'm preaching to somebody. But Peter. But only Peter. But only Peter. Mm, said, Lord. If it is you, here's what Peter says, tell me to come to you, this is what you got to love by Peter, on the water. Peter could have said, Lord, if it's you, come on the boat. But Peter said, no, I want to really put it to the test. I, I want you to, if it's you, Lord, tell me to come to you. Still, he could not see his Jesus then utters one word out of his mouth that wasn't directly aimed at Peter because he did not say, Peter, you come. That's not what it says. Jesus simply said what? Come. That invitation was for everybody that was on the boat, not just Peter. All of you under the sound of my voice, you have the same instructions. Get up from your situation and come. Can I preach this, Elder Franklin, to somebody? Come! Jesus says what he means and means what he says. If he only wanted Peter to come, he would have specified Peter's name. He knew Peter. He knew who it was who asked the question. Jesus simply said, come. Peter had enough faith. Whew. Peter had enough courage to say, all of us are afraid, but I'm about to do something that the rest of you are too terrified 
to do. Thank God for Peter. The Bible says Peter got out of the boat. One translation, I think it was the Message Bible, say he jumped out on the side of the boat. He took a leap of faith and did what nobody else could do. And he walked into the storm, not away from the storm. Did you catch it? Grab somebody by the hand and say, neighbor, sometimes you've got to run in the storm, not away from it. Sometimes you got to look demons in the face and say, I ain't scared of you. I'm not afraid of you. Come what you will do. But with God, I can do all things. How many of you got the strength to walk right into a devilish situation and say, you can't destroy my family? But God, but God, but God, but God, Peter, Peter, Peter left the boat and he began to do what no other disciple could do, never did, never recorded that any other disciple did but Jesus and Peter. He began to walk on the water but he but you can't walk on the water if you're not willing some of you want your cake and eat it too if you're not willing to leave the boat you'll never walk on the water look at somebody sitting next to you and say sometimes You've got to shake off the fears and you've got to walk into a situation that you've been afraid of and tell the devil no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Who am I preaching to? I need at least 500 folk to just stand up one time and just take a step towards the storm. And somebody and say neighbor tell the storm here I come here I come here, here I y'all excuse me I've left the boat in the middle of the storm declare that I can do this I can make it through this touch two people and say you can make it through this Every D. 
But just so you know, Peter wasn't perfect because as he was walking on the water, he lost focus. Can I preach to everybody in here that's under 40 years old, that's relatively young, that are easily to lose focus? In fact, I need to preach to all of us because some of us old crusty folk would lose focus too. Look at somebody and say, now that you are out there, don't you lose focus. Don't you take your eyes off who invited you to lead the boat. And just because the wind is out there, the wind wasn't new. The wind was the same wind that has always been out there. But he took his eyes off Jesus and stopped looking at all the trouble that was around him. And the Bible said he began to sink. But thank God for those who know who to call when you begin to sink. When you begin to sink, you don't need to call Pastor Jackson. You don't need to call mother or father. You better know how to call on the name of the Lord. What's his name? What's his name? Peter called, Lord, save me. And the Bible says Jesus, never giving up on Peter, reached down and picked him up but here is something I want you to see in the text and the Bible says as he picked him up Jesus and Peter got back on the boat then the wind stopped go back to that verse See, Pastor Bradley, the wind didn't stop until Jesus and Peter got on the boat. In other words, as long as you are out there walking on water, you're going to have some opposition. You can expect the wind to be against you, but you've got to keep doing what you're doing because God is able to deliver you. Put those hands together and give God your best. Come on, everybody stand to your feet. Give God a praise. Look at somebody and say, God is inviting you.
to leave the boat. We all are being challenged to leave the boat. Whew. Now, I just want you to see something. You don't just leave the boat to go anywhere. Because a whole lot of folk leave where they are to aimlessly drift. But it says he left the boat and he walked towards Jesus. <laughs> As you follow the Lord, God will bless you. Three things that we're going to talk about on Tuesday. And I'll put them on the board to share it with you now. Three observations. Come back on Tuesday. We want to pray for everybody who's dealing with a storm in your life. We're going to touch and agree every now and then on some Tuesdays we anoint folk. Elders, I want every preacher, elder in the house, we're going to anoint folk. And God says, number one, is on our way to the other side. We will always encounter storms. Amen, somebody? How many of you know that on your way to the other side, you will encounter a storm? Please look at somebody and say, it's called life. I'm so tired of spiritual wimps and people when it gets tough, they check out. People that run away and can't endure, take anything. It's called life. You aren't the only one who's dealing with life. You aren't the only one whose children are getting on your nerve and you just, but it's called life. Number two, we must accept the challenge to walk by faith even during unusual circumstances. Look at somebody and say, stormy waters. <laughs> we'll deal with that on Tuesday. Number three, and this is the part that God is going to really help me to drill down on Tuesday. We all need to remember this, and I need you to help me catch someone by the hand and say the same faith that helped us to leave the boat and to walk on the water is the faith that is necessary to help us stay afloat. Amen. Amen. The altar is open. Leave your seats. Brian Courtney Wilson wrote an awesome, powerful song. The instructions are very clear and very simple. Come. The question is, what will you say when the Lord invites you to leave the boat? Here is my answer to the Lord. I will just say yes. You lead the way. I am not afraid of what it means for me to say. Whew. Anybody in here just say yes? This life you gave is not my own. I'm trusting you to hear my yes and to lead me on. Somebody lift those hands and say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, my life is yours. 
This is the verse I like. And there is peace <laughs> when I say yes. I may not see it now, but you've saved the best for all who trust you and obey. I'll just say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My life is yours. Someone is being challenged right now to lead the boat. Oh, come on. I know it's, it could be fearful to you and you're not sure how things are going to turn out. But you can never walk on the water if you're too afraid to leave the boat. Ooh, God is calling you right now. Come on, come on, quiet, tell him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Somebody let us pray for you. All in the balcony, we'll wait on I'll you to come. Say yes. Yeah, yeah. You lead the way. I'm not afraid of what it means for me to say. Is there anybody going to say yes? This life you gave. <laughs> it's not. It's not my own. I'm trusting, I'm trusting you. I'm trusting you to hear my yes and lead me on. Lift those hands and say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. My life. My life is yours. Come on, just say, say yes. I'll just say yes. You lead yes, the way, Lord. You lead the way. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Lord. Yeah. God is speaking to someone right now. I'm not afraid. It's not yeah. my
one more time. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. That's right. Somebody I'll else go is coming. Where you want me to go? Come on. As long as I hear That's your right. Voice. Come on, right. Thank you. Somebody else is walking down the aisle. Yes, Lord. Take the hand of someone next to you. To those of you that are joining us by way of internet, we thank God so much for you. To those that are listening by way of radio, somebody else just walk down those aisles. God told me to have this special prayer this morning for all of us that are being challenged to walk into a stormy situation. But trust that God will make a way. See, every storm you can't outrun. Ooh, amen. Some of them you've got to have the faith to say, Lord, give me the strength to step into the heart of the storm <laughs> and know that God will make a way somehow. Anybody in here feel like you're ready to take a step into the heart of the storm? God will allow you to do what others that were too afraid to leave the boat will never be able to do. Ooh. And even if you make a mistake, you begin to sink. He'll pick you up. <laughs> uh, he won't leave you by yourself. Everybody do me a favor and close your eyes. This is, this is now personal. I want you to imagine yourself in a boat and nothing but stormy waters all around you. Imagine the wind is in your face and not at your back. So much trouble, Lord. How am I going to make ends meet? Uh, family is falling apart. Mm. Do not enjoy my job. I, I, I need you to make a way out of nowhere. Struggling with health issues. In the midst of a storm, the wind is in your face. But just before you gave up, you heard a voice out of the wind <laughs> that says I am here don't be afraid come to me so now you have an invitation to walk towards the storm but coming to Jesus and when you do, God will allow you to do things that are virtually humanly impossible for man to do. God will make ways in your life that only God could make a way. He'll bring you out of something. But it begins with your relationship with God. Now listen to me carefully. 
Some of you have been here week after week, and I am so grateful for so many of you that are here. This morning at 8, church was full here, folk are here. I, I'm, I'm grateful, but God says it's not enough just to be in the house. You have to have a relationship with God so that when you hear his voice, you will obey his instructions. And so after we pray this prayer, to those of you who are ready to make that leap of faith, leave the boat. Pastor Jackson, I need, I need to take this further. I need to have such a relationship with God that when I'm in the midst of a storm, I will recognize his voice and step out on faith. God's calling you. This is greater than church membership. This is about kingdom citizenship. Ooh. God is calling you right now. And after we pray, if you're here and you, you're ready to take that next step in your relationship with God, then I'll wait right here at this altar as you say yes to the Lord. Amen. Yes, Lord. Come and say it quiet, my soul. My, my, my. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. To those of you on the internet, you can call us. Call us. The number is on the screen. The number is on the screen. Just call us. Lord, we thank you. We bless you. We, we honor you. This fourth act of faith has challenged us to step towards the storm. Don't run away from it. To leave the boat, to leave a fearful situation and to trust that you will make a way out of nowhere. And we say thank you, Lord. Thank you for some Peters that are walking towards the storm knowing that even if I began to sink, the Lord will catch me. Ooh, help me up. Thank you, Lord. We bless you today. We are putting our faith into action. And as we walk by faith, we are leaving the boat. We are getting up. We are standing still. We are letting go. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. It is already done. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Put your arms around somebody and tell them, say yes. Tell them, say yes. God is calling you right now. Come on. If you want to make that commitment this morning, come on. If you want to commit to something greater than yourself, Come on this morning. We we will wait. God bless you. Thank you. Stay right here. Somebody else is coming. Yes. Somebody else is coming. Somebody, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord.
Look at these are still coming. Come on. Some, yes, Lord. There's peace. Somebody lift your hands if there's peace. Anyone else? Amen. Come on. Yes, sir. All the trust if I say. Anyone else? Amen. Somebody's walking down the aisle. Somebody please meet this young, these young people. Don't, yes, come on. Everybody give God a